some music from Ukraine. And Joseph Lindsley sent us this uh, little bit here. You want to explain, Joe? <laughs> Bob, good afternoon from Kiev. Uh, I'm talking to you from the studios of Ukrainska Pravda, Ukrainian Truth, uh, independent media founded uh, uh, in the year 2000. And I was just recording a podcast uh, with an American musician to whom we're listening right now. Binya Stewart, and uh, he is from Ohio and was inspired to come here to Ukraine to help in any way he could. Uh, he and uh, his uh, musical partner, Brett Hill, uh, they've raised a lot of money in the U.S. They come here, they play concerts to the front lines uh, and to inspire people. They've also dug deep into Ukrainian folk tradition uh, to, to learn the ancient songs of the Ukrainian people. And this song is called Mighty Big War. And it's Binya's version of an old Woody Guthrie song. Uh, Woody Guthrie, a uh, great American folk uh, musician, and he made great protest songs. And he went to fight in World War II, and he wrote a song about fighting the Nazis. Uh, so long, it's been good to know you. I got to go fight, basically. And then, you know, we'll all get, to, we'll all get together again uh, in the time of victory. And so Binya wrote this song, as we heard in those lyrics, uh, even singing about President Zelensky saying, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. Hmm. And uh, I want to share with you all, because I just had this interview uh, with our, our Land of the Free podcast here with Ukrainska Pravda, but it, you know, it shows the, uh, the role of music. Uh, you know, we talk so often about how Ukrainians love music, uh, but the role of music both in telling the story of the war but also in inspiring people in the darkest times. And, you know, I think, you know, I know there's tough times around the world, including in the U.S. And, you know, as we look, as we approach the second anniversary of the full scale uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, and, you know, Bob, you and I have been talking almost every single day uh, of that for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that are tired, you know, including here. Um, and, and it's difficult. Uh, it's, you know, it's difficult at the high levels, too. I mean, you know, we're, we still don't know how it's going to shake out with, uh, you know, the Ukraine's commander in chief, General Zeluzhny uh, and President Zelensky. Uh, clearly, there, there, there's some kind of conflict. And, and, and that, you know, that there's a lot of people maneuvering to, to, to figure out what, you know, to decide what's going to happen there. Uh, and, and it's, you know, I was speaking yesterday with an old friend here in Ukraine uh, who's an entrepreneur, you know, trying to keep his business going. Uh, you know, dealing with clients uh, around the world, um, and and there's a lot of difficulties. It's you know difficult to move goods. It's difficult to move money. Uh, and then my friend who I met with yesterday told me uh, that his brother, uh, his younger brother in Lviv, was walking the streets uh, near his house and was uh, kidnapped by mm-hmm. by the the, the, the these uh, this unit, the strange unit of the government uh, that that takes people into conscription Hmm. and uh by all accounts you know that that is it's not they're not doing it by the book um there's a lot of growing anger in society about that i know several other people uh that have been rounded up i know there was a a a chef and a baker in lviv and he was teaching people how how to make bread uh in a different city in ukraine and the the, this unit called uh veskomat it's a vestige of the soviet times uh took him and he wasn't even allowed to go home. Uh, he was sent directly to the training camp, and now he's a sniper. Uh, he, you know, like many Ukrainians, you know, you know, your time of conscription conscription might arrive, and so they don't complain about it. Um, but you know, the, the question that many people here are saying, you know, the, the current 
some of these current actions are not sustainable, I think. And so this is a bit, this is what's going on behind the scenes when we look at the arguments between President Zelensky and the commander in chief. Uh, but I think it, it'd be very easy. You know, Russian propaganda, of course, is trying to paint this as, oh, Ukraine is collapsing, you know, and, and, and some some people are running with that narrative. Uh, but actually, it's it's a democracy that is trying to figure these things out. And, you know, anyone faced with an existential threat, whether it's to your health or to your country, uh, you have difficult questions you have to address. That's what's happening here right now. Uh, it's not easy and it's very difficult. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, the music and, and, and the things people do to, to, to keep going uh, really helps a lot. And uh, But mm. when I started that interview with my friend Benya from Ohio, he said, I, I want to play this song so long it's been good to know you. And I've been hearing so much bad news. Uh, you know, the past couple of days, I said, I don't know if I want to hear that song today, uh, but in a strange way, it did inspire me. So I wanted to share it with you all. Yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did. Uh, Joe, do you have any idea what Tucker Carlson is doing in Moscow? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you asked that, Bob. Uh, I think I should say, I mean, I when I was protege to the chairman of Fox News, Roger Ailes, um, you know, uh, Rupert Murdoch sort of consigliere found me when I was 22 years old or so working at the Weekly Standard. Uh, it was a whole other story. And I became protege to the chairman and founder of Fox, a guy, you know, Roger Ailes, who helped get Nixon elected and H.W. Bush elected. Um, and in that context, I got to know Tucker Carlson. Uh, at the time, he was at uh, MSNBC. And Tucker also started his career at the Weekly Standard. Uh, so we're sort of in the same circles. And I knew him and, uh, you know, thought he was someone I could trust. And the day I escaped Fox News, uh, I escaped in a car chase, you know, as we've talked about. But it was like leaving the mafia. Uh, I said I quit. They said you can't quit because you know all of our secrets or a lot of our secrets. And so they chased me in a car chase to the Hudson Valley. And uh, I went down to Washington. Not a good place to go hide. <laughs> I don't know why, but I went from New York to Washington. And one of the first people I met with was Tucker Carlson. And uh, I thought, I, you know, he's a smart guy. I thought I could kind of confide in him. And I told him a lot about what I was escaping and why, the things I would never tell the media. And he was at MSNBC, and two or three days later, he had a job at Fox News. That's when he got his show at Fox. Wow. And, and I never heard from him again. So I don't trust him. Uh, and, I, you know, and I think now I'm willing to tell this story. Someone who would sell out principle and idea and friendship uh, to, you know, for what he perceives as a personal gain. And when I saw the, the photo that emerged uh, over the weekend, of Tucker at the Tucker Carlson at the um, uh, by the way, I have another name for him that I can't say on the radio <laughs> that rhymes with Tucker. But <laughs> when I saw him at the the ballet in in Moscow, you know, he's someone who I mean, he used to believe in this idea of freedom. And so many people who listen to Tucker Carlson, you know, they, they believe in the idea of freedom and they don't trust what they're being told. And that's good to be skeptical and, and to ask questions. Uh, but now he's in like the least one of the least free societies in the world. And, and, and so I hope somehow, as I saw that picture of him at the, the uh, Bolshoi, the, the ballet in Moscow, that that maybe that'll wake him up and he'll say, wait a second, this is a horrible society. Uh, what am I doing promoting this society? Um, I hope so. But I, at the very least, I hope that people that listen to Tucker Carlson will realize that he's not an advocate for freedom at, at all. He's an advocate mm -hmm. for uh, regime that seeks to uh, unleash hell upon the world. 
Interesting. Gee, it's baffling what your name for him is. Well, we'll try to figure that out in the next uh, 24 hours uh, before we talk again. And by the way, if you want to see the story, uh, it's the Hollywood version, but you you get the gist of it. uh, The story of Joseph Lindsley, his uh, background that he just alluded to. Uh, Check out The Loudest Voice. You can probably find it on some stream somewhere. The movie with Russell Crowe as Roger Ailes, The Loudest Voice. Thanks for taking us behind the headlines and uh, giving us your perspective, uh, Joseph. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Bob. And thanks to my friend Binya Stewart from Ohio for that song, Uh, Mighty Long War. Until tomorrow, Bob. Thank you.